0: Really loving what Power FM is doing right now yeah. with um, Iman and um, oh, Faith. and Faith. Mm. It's it's really great. I mean, we can talk about other things, but I think just as a basic, as just you know, they put two women on a yeah. breakfast show. That's 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 unspoken that's of. Yeah. So it's it's really amazing and it's inspiring because you can look at that and be like, you know what? Actually, I can do it by myself, or I can do it with another woman. Um, and there's no need for a man to
1: complete the picture. This is the penultimate episode of Off the Record, the podcast that talks to journalists and news personalities about the stories they cover and what it takes to get those stories to our big and small screens. I'm your host Nyaka Lotefu. Thank you so much for joining me. When people learn what I do, I get asked questions about my profession. I decided to create this podcast to bring people into the newsrooms, editorial meetings and producers' catch-ups in the hopes that we could all learn the stories behind the news stories. Many newsrooms in South Africa are split 50-50 along the gender line, with more females graduating from journalism schools than males. The fight for equality of the sexes in the industry has seen its gains over the years, but there is still some way to go. Today's guest, Matsepo Okhane, a former journalist and graduate of the Y Academy, shared her thoughts with me on some of the challenges female news reporters and journalists are still facing. You know how for the longest time there
0: would there would be certain radio slots that are only reserved for men mm-hmm. or if there's a woman she has to have a man with yeah. her so she's exactly. like the other woman that's just so weird mm-hmm. i've always found it so weird and i've i've i've, I've found that it lim, it it limits what, how black broadcasters or or black women in in media or in in the industry can sort of see themselves mm-hmm. um so a lot of them aren't even able to to stretch themselves in terms of saying, you know what? Actually, I want to do the the breakfast show on whatever whatever, mm. because it's like, I want to if I want to do that show, then I'm gonna have to do it with yeah. or so and so or whatever. I think that's weird. Um, I think those are just some of the challenges which are the same as the challenges you would face in in just broader society and just how women are viewed as the plus one. Mm.
1: Matsepo has gone on to develop products and services aimed at building health and wellness with women as her main audience. I wanted to know about her upbringing and understand some of the experiences she had that shaped who she is today. I was
0: raised by a single parent, Mm -hmm. um, but my dad had passed away. So it wasn't that he was absent. Um, I grew up in a family of... A lot of girls, all my cousins um, are girls my my grandparents on my m- maternal side had f- had four daughters, one son, so mm-hmm. it was pretty much always women. Um, yeah. I have two sisters i 'm the middle child of three girls, so again, a household of just women yeah um, but all these women are were also diverse in 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 their being, you know. We're also so different, or like different things, or liked, you know. We're all so different, mm-hmm. um, but I suppose common in that we are women. So I think um, my my perception, I mean, my first perception and my first. Um, yeah, my first perception of, of, of woman is me is growing up in, in this body. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um but I'm speaking now outside of that. Yeah. Um I think it's 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 just that growing up in a, a very matriarchal family, uh, where you where even my grandmother, I mean her husband was there pretty much throughout. Yeah. Um, but she was still the matriarch. She still made things happen. She still made the decisions in terms of my kids are not going to get married young. They're going to go to school. Um, you know, I'm going to make a plan. She wasn't a professional by, by any means. She had to make it work. I always share the story of how my, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, was a creative entrepreneur. Well, that's what we'll call her these days, but yeah. she pretty much just made things happen. She's very creative. So she would make clay pots and sell those. She would make, um, she'd brew um, superfood drinks. She'd brew drinks and she'd she'd sell them at the market. She'd she'd just do pretty much anything that she could do with her hands to make money. So um, I've just always had that idea of women, that women can do it because
1: they do. They pretty much carry everything. The world of journalism is a tough place to be. To be a journalist, you have to be on your toes, clinical and efficient in the way you work. Journalists are required to be tenacious with a single-mindedness to getting an important story through before deadline. There are standards and expectations in different newsrooms that students are not prepared for in the classrooms. And as a result, the psychological and physical strain involved in doing the job oftentimes proves to be too difficult for a lot of junior news people, more especially if they lack the necessary support. There isn't support for younger or junior journalists, i found.
0: So hence, you find people having to kind of make up for it. Um and, and that's not cool because the way you make up for it is is in different ways. Um so I, I think for me I loved that when I was at EWN there was we would have weekly voice training. Mm. And it wasn't easy to sit yeah. down and, and, and listen to, listen to yourself. yourself again and and be like, I really speak like that? Oh, but I thought I oh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But that that is I mean it's a simple resource, but it's it's great because even now I I I I left like a, a couple of years ago, but I still ha- have some of that, you know, knowledge or whatever mm-hmm. that is. So I think lack of resources, newsrooms are scaling down to the detriment of the journalists. Mm-hmm. So you find journalist um, newsrooms where there are a lot of juniors; they're not given resources.
1: But they are expected to the output that is expected of them is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, With the expectations in the industry piled on top of inadequate wages, unorthodox working hours, strains of a shrinking industry brought on by the internet age, and that mental health is not taken as seriously as it should, we easily create a volatile working environment. It's like I remember <laughs> it's not
0: YFM related, but um I was at EWN. Mm-hmm. So working again in the morning um and there was and i had a car problem so when i was starting out obviously because no one pays journalists yeah. i had no money <laughs> so my mom gave me her old corolla yeah so it had car issues at some point and it would just go off so the um, i don't know what they call it mobilized? something something like that yeah it would just <laughs> it would just go off yeah and we were a few i think we we're on the second floor or third floor something like that um, so the parking was downstairs, mm-hmm. um, but you could hear, um, cause I'd park outside, not in the basement parking. Yeah. So you could hear the car from like upstairs and obviously it's like half past four, five o'clock in the morning. And, um, so this one day I, I go in and there's like a few of us in the office and there's this white guy that I worked with, uh, you know, uh, in the morning and my car went off. I mean, he had always been like edgy and off, but not just to me. Like, yeah, yeah. so then my car went off. And I can't even remember the exact words that he said. I just remember how it felt. Like, but he was pretty much saying, "Just go shut that freaking goro of yours and give us a damn break, yeah. girl." And I, I just remember how broken I was. Mm. But I had to. The show had to continue because yeah. you are creating content for four radio stations. Mm. You need to be on air every. Twenty minutes, and yeah. Um, but yeah, and I don't even remember processing that. But I even till today, I can remember those emotions mm-hmm. and how it made me feel. Um, but yeah, I—that's eh, everyday
1: life, mm-hmm. to be quite honest. Earlier in the season, I shared some statistics on journalists and mental health, which illustrate some of the challenges faced in the industry. According to a survey by journalistsresource.org, one in five respondents met the threshold for PTSD, Two in five respondents met the threshold for depression and 93% experienced some symptoms of depression. Journalists cited a lack of experience covering difficult stories as a contributor to stress. I asked Matsapo for her thoughts and experiences when it comes to the topic of mental well-being and newsrooms. You know, I think journalism is so fast-paced that so
0: much happens. I know for sure that some editors generally, they have good intention Mm. to the most extent. Um, I, when I was at EWN, we had, um, we had access to a debrief with, um, a mental health, um, with a psychologist. Yeah. Um, I did it once. I didn't feel that it was valuable for me because I didn't feel that it was personalized for me specifically, but that resource was there as a start point And I'm grateful for that. Mm. Um, but the job itself is, you it's. It's really hard mentally yeah. because you go through, I mean, it's a general practice in journalism that if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. And that's literally what it is. 90% of the time, I don't know what it looks like now, but when I was in the newsroom, 90% of the time, you were leading with a story about death and people yeah. dying. Yeah, And then you get to the end, you also, chances are, Yes, once in a while you'll add like a nice entertainment story. But most of the time you're ending with an
1: international story about people dying as yeah, well, yeah. you know. So that's, that's really like, it's really hard. Our guest in our previous episode was Pilani Pakhadi, a journalist who left journalism for a time to work as a government spokesperson. One of the reasons Pilani highlighted for his exit from the industry was because of the amount of money he was earning for the amount of work he was doing. He moved into an industry that he felt better valued his time. The impact of an increase in monthly earnings has a positive effect on mental health. This was the basis for a research paper authored by Rowena Jacobs and two others from the University of York. This paper sought to provide evidence to support minimum wage in the UK. Many journalists I speak to feel that the industry does not compensate its professionals adequately and either leave journalism entirely or support their monthly earnings with side jobs. After a series of events over the years, Matsapa got to a point where she had to make a choice that would alter the rest of her life. She chose to walk away from mainstream journalism and towards a career path best suited to her. So I still blog, I still write, I still...
0: Um, I'm a freelance writer. I I, I copyright for for, for people, for clients and stuff. So I'm still creating content. I'm still storytelling. Uh, I'm still, I still write and I'm working. I recently started writing a book, which I never thought would happen to me, but apparently it's happening. So um, I'm still doing that. Um, I would describe my work more um, as a wellness and, and health journalist, so to call it. So um, I'm writing stuff that I'm interested in. I'm yeah. writing stuff that I think matters. I'm writing about stuff that people can 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 take um, and 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 apply to their lives, and it can. It can change their lives in some way. So, yeah, so that's what I mean by I'm still kind of doing it, um, but I'm not doing it under uh, under anyone yeah. specifically. So I'm not really contracted to anyone.
1: If you're interested in finding more about the kind of work Matzepo does, you can follow her on Instagram at Tepi underscore She has really found her own and it is providing great stories and information for her audience in the field of holistic wellness. But back to her story, why she left. I left because I had a burnout. Mm. I had a
0: burnout um, while I was at EWN. I couldn't explain it at the time. I remember I walked into Katie's office. Okay, first, I just sent her um, a resignation letter, which is rude. Mm. But I sent her a resignation letter, and then she called me in, and she's like, okay, what's up? And, well, firstly, I think not being paid. Like, guys, Mm. when I was at EWN. I was getting paid thirteen thousand. Sure, maybe thirteen thousand something, but it was thirteen thousand mm. before everything, before. before
1: deductions. Yes,
0: fortunately, I mean, I was on my mom's medical aid, oh. so I didn't have all those other stuff. Yes. But imagine I did. I'd probably yeah. take. I still took home about probably nine thousand or eight thousand or something like that. Mm. So I think not having money contributes to to burn out, it
1: does I mean
0: now we can speak about different things you know multiple streams of income Mm. and you can do this and this and that but at the time I just had that 13,000 right yeah but that wasn't the main thing it's just like a side note um I I was burnt out I walked into her office and she's like what's up and I'm like I don't know I'm just tired I'm just tired and I think it was you know just all those months, and it was this was after not even barely a year. I joined in January, and this was in September, October. October. I'm like, I'm tired. Um, I don't feel purposeful because I'm coming in, and all I'm doing is adding on to people's anxiety. Mm. Um, I, 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 well, those were not the words. I honestly yeah. just said to her, I'm tired. I don't know what it is, but I'm tired. Mm. Um, so I told my husband as well. I, I couldn't explain it to him, but I mean, he probably had a better idea of it. But my, my explanation was I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to do it. I don't feel purposeful. I don't think the work that I'm doing is purposeful. I don't feel like I'm growing. I, I don't even know if I still want to do any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so fortunately at the time, Katie was like, um, let's, let's work something out. So I ended up then only coming in on weekends. Yeah. Which is great. But I was still tired after the, the, the whole news. <laughs> a year of yeah. doing
1: just weekends. So I was yeah. still tired. So I was burnt out. That's why I left. Journalists stories like that of Matepo are valuable to me for the lessons they hold. I think a lot about where I may be in the next few years, what life may look like for me then. I consider the conversations I have had with people like Max Herpo and they help me better prepare myself for any changes that may arise. Our industry is not always kind and as it experiences greater contractions, it's conversations like these that inspire me to upskill myself and future-proof my well-being. Mats, thank you so much for sharing with us. I appreciate it and a big thanks to you for listening. Contact us on Instagram. We are at Off the Record Podcast or hit me up on Twitter at underscore nyakaloti or at Off the Record PO. Off the Record is a Pi Slovakia dance original podcast series. Research and writing by Nyakalotefu and Reatila Musweu. Let's meet up again next week for the last time this season. Goodbye.